Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts. And I'm Sarah Lucy, And this is Branded, your comprehensive guide to creative branding. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be taking a look at how you can build your brand on a budget. A lot of the small businesses and solopreneurs, entrepreneurs like us, we don't have that massive marketing budget, but we still want to get our name out there. We still want to grow. So how can we do that without spending the thousands or tens of thousands of dollars that these bigger companies can spend? Well, yeah, and I, I think a lot of times, especially when we're just getting started, maybe we don't realize exactly how much it really costs to start leveraging some of these, well, I guess we could call mainstream marketing channels. Yeah, and thankfully, though, a lot of those mainstream marketing channels are kind of shrinking in importance. I mean, I don't know any company personally that uses TV ads and those are expensive. And I mean, digital marketing is king right now. And digital marketing is pretty budget friendly. It's not free. Um, so we are going to talk about a few things that technically are free. But a lot of the really high cost options aren't that needed at this point. You know, I'm wondering, a lot of times when we start talking about cost, we immediately just think money. But uh, so many times we have to choose between spending a big budget and spending the time. So it's interesting to, to find that time and that balance between the two. But especially starting out, I think it's just absolutely critical that we jump in there and we spend the time. Because, you know, you know uh, so many times we talk about time and we, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. But we find ourselves, at least I do. Uh, maybe occasionally playing a video game and then crying about how I don't have any time or watching that awesome new streaming show on Netflix or Amazon Prime and then complaining that I don't have time. So uh, maybe we got to do a little soul searching sometimes and figure out if we have the time budget to replace the financial budget that so many of us tend to lean on. True. So we did put together six budget friendly ways that you can start focusing on your brand, focusing on, on your uh, marketing. And the first one is to, it talks about mostly that time budget. It's taking the DIY approach. So how are we able to take everything into our own hands and just start creating the assets and the marketing that a lot of companies would pay someone else to do? Yeah, I mean, right now we're sitting at a time that we've never been in before from a creative or a creator perspective. There are so many tools out there that we can leverage to build our own marketing campaigns. I mean, whether or not we're a writer or we're an artist or whatever it may be, there's tools out there now that can almost do it for us. Whether we're leveraging AI tools to create images or using a chat GPT to write our copy or using something like Canva to help us design graphics. 
there are a ton of tools out there. And Sarah, I know you've got a couple of, uh, of your own that are, that are your favorites. Since we're approaching this from like a branding standpoint, I wanted to talk about logos because you and I took very different approaches to getting our logos made. And I personally, I had the brand name, I had the idea, and that was what mattered to me. What the logo looked like wasn't as much of a big deal for me. So instead of hiring a designer or going through an agency, getting something like all super, super clean, super professional, I went on Etsy. I am an Etsy creator myself. I have a little shop on there and I love just the like artists on Etsy that just sell their work. And I use that to get my logo made. I want to say it cost me like $12.99 to get my logo. And Every I just, time we I, have this conversation, it gets cheaper. I'm not sure what the goal is here. I think last I heard it was 99 then 25 and now we're down to, Oh, it was never 99. It's either, 12, it's either 1299 or like 1999. I don't know. It was less than 20 bucks. <laughs> I can tell you that much. And <laughs> I, I really think it was like 1299. I think the girl was having a sale. It was like usually 25 and it was like half off, but I got so I got my logo for under 20 bucks and I already know how to use like Photoshop and Illustrator a little bit. So I had I gave them an idea of what I wanted. They sent me back options and I liked it, but it wasn't perfect. So I just asked if they could send me the editable files and they did. And I played with it until it was exactly what I wanted. And it was super, super cheap. And I like it. I think it represents what I'm trying to do. It's a girly hand-drawn type of look and that's that's me and then you spent a few more dollars than me i did and i almost spent a lot more dollars than you because even before i made the decision to have the red hat media logo designed i was actually speaking to a designer and her price point was uh, it was up there it was i think it was seven thousand to design the logo and come up with if you listen to one of our previous episodes we talked about brand guidelines well this seven thousand dollars included not just drawing a logo or designing a logo but it came with the brand guidelines it came with a brand story where she was going to do a deep dive into my background and find out my inspiration for red hat media and all this kind of stuff that at the time really just wasn't necessary. So in an effort to design on a budget, not quite the budget that Sarah's talking about here, I still went to another company called 99designs. And I love 99designs. I think it's a great company. Uh, it's, a, it's a platform where you can go and submit ideas. And depending on the price point that you buy in at, you have X number of designers that takes your concept and comes up with logos. And by the end, you usually have, again, depending on what level of the platform you buy into, anywhere from 20 or 30 all the way up to 80, 90, 100 different logo designs to choose from. Now, a lot of these designs are going to look very similar. Some of the designs, eh, they're going to be way off base. But eventually, after weeding through these, and you get some edits as well. So if you like a couple of logos, you go, hey, can you take this and maybe just tweak this a little bit or change that a little bit, maybe a different font. You can go back and forth with the designers. But even then, you're still at a price point. I, I think it was seven or $750, something like that, before it was all said and done for me to get the Red Hat Media logo like it is today. And if you look at that logo, it's actually pretty straightforward and pretty simple. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a $750 logo. I love it. Don't get me wrong because it's super, super simple. Focuses on the hat. It's very reproducible. It works well for embroidery. It works well for, for uh, what, what do you call this? Okay, that is um, iron-on vinyl on his hoodie. And no, it does not work well for that. And I've told you so many times. No, it does. Look at this. I this is make amazing. your hoodies. This is amazing. I hate Look at that. your Look logo. Oh, no, this is amazing. And Sarah does an amazing job with her iron-on. The she reason I hate it, she... Better than anybody. The hat has all the little... <laughs> The little like it's got seams. the stitches. It's got yeah, the, the stitches. stitches. The yeah, so those are a pain yeah. because each one is like individual. Oh god, it's awful. If it was just the hat and the like the words, it would be fine. But it's the it's the stitches. We're but getting way off base here. We really Sarah, are. Thank you for all your efforts <laughs> in creating my hoodies. I, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, but again, it just goes back to there are a variety of different ways to go about getting a logo designed, whether you have the budget or, and you're not smart enough to manage your money uh, efficiently like me, and you could go seven, 800 bucks or even up to seven, 8,000 bucks. And even beyond that, depending on who you hire, or you can go over to the Etsy side of things and, and, and knock something out for 1299. Yeah. There's Etsy, there's Fiverr, there's things like that, that are going to give you that um, more low budget option. But remember that like brands are always changing their logos. It's not rare for a brand to change their logo. So if you're trying to build your own brand right now and you don't have that big of a budget, go ahead and get the cheaper option and then you can upgrade it later. So you can do a rebrand when you have the budget and go with a real ta super talented designer, get it all custom made, hand drawn. But that doesn't have to be the first logo that your brand has. So be conscious of what you're spending your money on, especially in the beginning, because you can always upgrade things later. 100%. So one of the other things that you can do here, and if we jump into point number two, is leverage social media. The odds are, e even if you're designing your logo, you probably have a friend that's pretty talented at the old Photoshop or the Illustrator. So leverage social media. Reach out to people on social media. Tell people, tell your audience what you're trying to do. Somebody out there can help you do that. It's the same thing in building the brand. Once you have that logo that's built, there's literally no better place to build that brand than on social media. Yeah, if you have a general understanding of social media algorithms and hashtags and different ways of just that social growth, you can get a lot of attention on your brand for zero dollars. And it's getting harder and harder with these algorithms. I think the last time I looked into it, Facebook was showing like 6% of your followers, your content. So for every hundred followers, you are getting six views. So you do have to really hack the algorithms and make it work, but you can do it. Organic is not completely dead yet. It's dying, but with TikTok and all of these new uh, platforms coming out and reels and everything like that, the more you can put content out on all of these different platforms, the more eyes are going to get on your brand. And I think you nailed it right there, Sarah, with the more you can do, the more you can post. You know, a lot of people are trying to build brands and businesses on social media by posting once a week. It, it that's just not going to work. You have to, this is where you, you're either going to pay a lot of money for somebody to post it for you, or you're going to spend the time to post your content on social media. 
But we're all, here's the budget that we're really dealing with because what we're trying to do is we're trying to buy attention. So we need that attention and social media is the perfect avenue to get that attention, but we have to invest the time or the money or even both in order to garner that attention. But there's some of the things that you can do to overcome some of those obstacles. And one of them, you're talking about all the different platforms, Sarah. Know where your audience is, depending on your business, depending on what you're trying to achieve and who your community should be, is going to dictate where you give that attention on what platform. So if you've got a, a professional business that you're trying to promote or a professional brand, LinkedIn is going to be where you need to go. If you've been on Facebook since it was, well, when did Facebook come out? Was it 2004, I think? Were you Maybe. even born yet? I was born. Okay, when I wasn't I sure. I remember it being only for like college kids. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like a yeah. college platform. Uh, it's been out for a very long time. And if you've I been on Facebook, was it three? I was off by a year. I'll, I'll take that. I mean, I'll, that's fine. I'll take I'm that. I'm just guessing. But if you had, if you've been on the platform for a long time, you've established an audience, leverage that platform. Uh, and these platforms, they're constantly changing, like Sarah was saying, man, whether or not they're leveraging hashtags, whether or not they're leveraging short form video content. Uh, Sarah, you mentioned reels. Reels are tremendous right now, especially on Facebook. Facebook reels are crushing it right now. Uh, not so much on the Instagram side. You'll still get some attention, but you're going to get a whole lot more attention with your reels on Facebook right now than you will really anywhere else. Uh, so leverage that and just stay on top of the trends with social media. Understand where your audience is and understand what you can do on a consistent basis to take advantage of these changes to each, each of these platforms. Definitely. And so that brings us to number three, which is collaborations and cross promotions. If you have a network, you can do this. This is just all you need is another person and you can start cross promoting. And all that means is you promote them and they promote you. So building a network, and I want to say that's also on our list, but without getting ahead of ourselves, building a network and leveraging the people in it is going to be a really great way to get more eyes. So you can collaborate on different projects, just like Larry and I collaborate on this podcast. We each have our own brand, but we work together to bring this content together. So that is something that if you find someone who is aligned with what you're doing, aligned with your mission, but isn't directly a competitor, that's going to be the key. You can reach out to them and see how you guys can work together to grow each other. And, and you know the whole thing that you're talking about doing promotional swaps or from a podcasting perspective, even doing podcast swaps, you know, have somebody on your podcast and then you in turn be on their podcast. Those can work as long as the podcasts have a very similar audience. Doesn't do you a whole lot of good to get in front of an audience that isn't going to be beneficial for your brand or help help you grow your brand or your business. So keep those things in mind when you start looking at these opportunities to collaborate and work together. Uh, Sarah and I, we knew each other for really a, a fairly short amount of time before we realized there was a tremendous opportunity for us to play off of each other and compliment each other. I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm the good looking one and, you know, she's the young one. She's still come. I mean, you know, there's some differences here, but they do end up complimenting each other in the long run. So be sure to play with her hair. <laughs> oh, it's fine. 
You're the beauty. I'm the brains. Hey, that's fine. As long as I'm not the beast, that's all that I'm after. So it's all good. But just keep those things in mind when you're looking out for opportunities to collaborate with others and kind of look at it through the lens of they're not competitors. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times we shut down opportunities to grow because we don't want to leverage our competitors. Look, man, it's a big, big world out there with social media. It's even bigger than it's ever been. We don't necessarily have competitors. We have collaborators and we have complementary businesses that we could both benefit from. So come at it from that perspective. Say, how can Sarah win and how can Larry win? How can we both work together to grow our brands, grow our business, and potentially even start something like Branded, which isn't just our podcast. We use it as a business as well. So it's our joint venture that we work together for launching Branded Podcasts. And it works out extremely well. So look at opportunities. Keep an open mind. There are no competitors. There's just collaborators. So let's work together. Yeah, I want to add to that too. When you're looking at things to collaborate on, you can even look at it past just the promotion. How can you guys barter? I have a couple different relationships right now that are completely built on a barter system. I have an amazing designer out of Australia named Jazz who is illustrating my entire book. And in for her, I'm going to help her turn her content into a podcast and start into podcasting. I have a sales coach who is working with me completely for free. And in exchange, I'm going to launch her a podcast. So I'm getting sales tips that I never would have gotten. I'm getting a beautifully designed book and it's not costing me anything but my time and it's not costing them anything but their time. And then they're getting podcasts and marketing tools. So what can you offer to somebody else in exchange for what they offer. And the best part is when it's barter, nobody pays taxes on it. <laughs> That's always a plus if we can avoid those taxes. Exactly. Uh, you know, you actually mentioned uh, point number four in, in in your last statement there. You were talking about content marketing mm-hmm. and developing inexpensive content marketing strategies is absolutely critical here. Think about it from a perspective of, well, if you look at some of the things that, well, we both do. I mean, you're, you're coming up on some some massive stages in the finance industry uh, in the next couple of months. And that's a perfect opportunity for you to get out and grow your brand on a platform that's going to give you tremendous exposure. Then after the fact, you're going to have all of this content that's created just from you being on that stage. I mean, if you look at some of the things that I did recently when, well, I just happened to be on ABC, not that big a deal, but I took the, nice. <laughs> but I took that my, my time on those morning talk shows and turned them into reels and they got tremendous engagement. So look at opportunities for you to put yourself out there in a different platform, but then capture that content and repurpose it. Yeah. How can we take certain content and repurpose it into a completely different media? And even like you said, with you going on ABC, the next day I surprised you with a fully written out blog that outlined the stuff that you talked about so that you can capture all of the different SEO terms and keywords on your blog and drive readers instead of watchers. So how can we take that different content, turn it into something completely different 
because people are very specific about how they want to take in content. So you're, you don't only want to talk to people who listen to podcasts. You don't only want to talk to people who read blogs. You don't only want to talk to people who sit on YouTube. How can you take these different pieces and distribute them differently to all these different platforms? And I think that's absolutely critical, Sarah, in distributing it differently. So keep in mind, how can I repurpose the content that I have? How can I repurpose that podcast I was on? How can I repurpose that video that I created? How can I repurpose these social media posts onto different platforms? Keep in mind, going back to what Sarah said a minute ago, and that Facebook's only serving up like 6% of your audience, your posts. So don't be afraid to even repost the same content. Chances are somebody else is going to see it that second time that you put it up there. I mean, you don't want to just spam the same thing over and over the same day, but maybe you post it the first week of the month, then let a couple of weeks pass, take that same piece of content and repurpose it and post it again. People are going to see it that second time that did not see it the first time. And if they did see it the first time, who cares? You're just reinforcing your brand message. So don't use a piece of content just once. Use it time and time again. Reduce, Repurpose reuse, it. recycle. All that good stuff. The three the little, R's. The, the, all those, all those things. Yes, all those R-R-R-R-R's. So <laughs> use them all, but keep that in mind. So don't be close-minded to your content. You can always reuse it. So that brings us up, Sarah, to point number six. That's point number five, but, you know, we can count. Number five is using user-generated content. Man, I <laughs> suck at these lists, don't I? Every episode, I'm like, that brings us up to point number 22. It's four, but close. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm the worst at this. This sucks. User-generated <laughs> content is when your audience actually makes content for you. And this happens a lot with big brands that are super popular and people are wearing their merch out in public. You did this with your Supreme hat when you were creating all of these stage moments in your Supreme hat. How can other people make content that you can then share to grow your own brand? Well, it, it's just that is is taking the opportunity to represent your brand everywhere you go, you know, and, and you're going to see an evolution in the way that you create this, because, I mean, when it started out, you mentioned the Supreme hat and the Supreme hat evolved into the red hat, you know, Supreme, for those of you listening that may not be familiar, Supreme's just a brand and all of their all their merch is red with big, bright white letters that just say Supreme on whatever it is that they're marketing. And I've seen them market everything from clothing to microphones and everything in between. It just doesn't matter. They slap that red and white on there and uh, then they sell it for 10 times as much as you would buy it without the red and white on there. Literally, that's all it is. So there's opportunities for you to do that with your own brand by literally slapping it everywhere. I go nowhere, literally nowhere. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I've always got the red hat on. Uh, I spoke at the Rotary here in Dallas just last week. Now, if you're not familiar with Rotary clubs, they tend to be a, an, an older demographic. But you had me up there on stage in front of all these very well-established business owners in the red hat. Uh, I wear the hoodies everywhere. You know, it's mm -hmm. a, the red hat hoodie. I've always got a red hat hoodie on regardless. Of, I go to church, and I promise you I'm going to wear a red hat hoodie. 
if I go to church. But things have even evolved there. And now I'm using like the, the nice classy little three-quarter zip-up golf type pullovers. And they're embroidered. So as I grow and evolve, my brand's growing and evolving. And I'm getting a little more sophistication. You're going to do the same thing. But my point there is take every opportunity to not let Sarah speak because I see her trying to get a word in edgewise. So I'm talking really, really fast to making sure I say everything I want to say before she gets in here. And I'm not going to let her speak until I'm done. But now I'm done. Okay, cool. So to pull that back to this whole idea of user-generated content, you have all of this branded stuff. You have your red hats, you have the hoodies, you have everything. If you give those to other people and then they post pictures with them, you then reshare it. So yeah. that is an example of using that as user-generated content. I just did it for someone. Uh, his name is Mark Rabin. He sent me a copy of his book. So I posted a photo of his book saying, can't wait to read this and a little bit about what the book is about. And he's able to then share that to his audience. So he just got a new piece of, of content marketing that he'd put no effort into. Uh, I mean, he sent me the book, but he didn't know I was going to share it. So all these different ways that we can get other people to promote some of the stuff that we're doing so that we can then reshare it, that's going to help us use that user-generated content. And depending on when this comes out, we might have a very fun piece of user-generated content to share alongside it. Oh, we might. We just might. It, it, I hope we do. I, th I think we need to hold this episode <laughs> till that comes out, but we'll see how that works out. But yeah, I mean, spot on. Just take the opportunity to to do everything you can to build your brand and use some of your network, which we're going to be talking about mm -hmm. next, to help you generate that content. Yeah. But we can't tease it without at least a little bit of what we're talking about. Somebody reached out to us that they choreographed a dance to our intro music. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Uh, we're going to see her at our next conference at the end of September, the Spark Media Ignite conference. And we're going to try to get a video of this dance. So we oh, we're not going to try. Uh, that's my will, that's my only goal. Huh? You know, I'm supposed to we go down there and speak. We will be getting but, uh, <laughs> Uh, my goal is just to get this video instead of speaking. I just want the video. So no, no, don't Misty. If you're listening to this, I definitely, uh, I'm going to come down and deliver a great talk as well, but, uh, of course. <laughs> but that's, that's going to be user generated content that yep. we did not, we didn't choreograph a dance, but there is now a dance. So we're going to get that video. We're going to share it and maybe we'll even do a how to demo of this dance and it's going to be fantastic you know what here's the thing and this might be fun is i still owe us a dance. i was about to you say know, you still a, owe a tiktok I'm, dance i know i still owe a tiktok dance so maybe maybe i just need to learn the branded dance and we'll so. we'll throw that out there too i think that's what we're gonna do we'll call it even it's on record <laughs> All right, we're running out of time. So let's get to number six. We have talked about it already several times. What is the face for, Larry? No one else can we're see We're running out of time. Crazy. I just saw the time. We're This is the longest episode in the history of episodes. We're, this, is, this is a long one, but it is worth it. There's so much value. Um, so the <laughs> final way to grow your, budget, your brand on a budget is through networking and community engagement. How can you utilize a network? How can you uh, build a network? so that you have people in your corner that are supporting you, that can connect you with potential clients, that can share your content, that, that can create user-generated content. All of these different things of people just supporting you online or in person, whatever it is, it comes down to having that network. 
And I think this is overlooked so often, especially today, because mm -hmm. we do get so caught up in social media. We do get so caught up in trying to build a brand online that we oftentimes overlook the power of getting out there, meeting people face-to-face, -face, shaking hands, hearing their story, being engaged with others face-to-face. -face. Now, granted, you know, we're coming out of a very, very difficult time over the last few years, but here we are, we have these opportunities. And I got to tell you that Red Hat Media would not be what it is if I wasn't as actively involved in face-to-face -face networking. Mm -hmm. I belong to a variety of different networking groups here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And if it wasn't for those groups, I would not have the exposure I have now. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be on ABC. That all came directly out of in-person networking. So take advantage of the opportunity to get out there, meet people, engage with others, learn about what they're doing, learn from them. And you create these opportunities for some of the collaboration, some of the promotional swaps, some of the other things that we talked about throughout this entire episode. So don't overlook the power of networking and collaborating in person. Get out there, shake hands, kiss babies, and run for your next political platform. And you can also do a lot of networking online if you are unable to get to some events or um, whatever it is. There's uh, like LinkedIn is a great place to network. You can do virtual networking events, Zoom networking events. They don't have quite as much punch because you're not being able to build as strong of a relationship, but they are really great. And I have people in my network that I've never met before, but they were either connected to me by somebody or we met in a Facebook group, whatever it is, and they still are fantastic supporters. So you can do it online but try to sprinkle in some in-person events. It has such a huge uh, impact on your brand. And when you do, you, you nailed it right there, Sarah, when you said on your brand, make sure that you're representing your brand at all of these events. Don't go to the event unbranded. Don't go to your networking organization unbranded. One of the biggest assets that I brought to the table with me when I started going to these networking events was this guy right here, this little red hat because it made me stand out. People were able to recognize that guy in the red hat. So what can you do with your brand to stand out in a crowd? It makes all the difference in the world. And again, it doesn't matter where you're at. These networking organizations that I belong to here in Dallas, they're all C-suite level executives, if not CEOs and owners. They own the businesses. They're deep old school money here in Dallas. And I still showed up in my red hat and sometimes even the hoodie. Now, yes, I did elevate to the to the little golf zipper, zip-ups pullover, but at the same time, doesn't matter. I still show up in the red hat. So show up in your brand, stand out in a crowd, make sure people can identify you and know who you are, what your brand is, and what you're all about. And now insert one of your cool little segues into go subscribe. And with that. <laughs> you're so good at them. Well, you know, they just kind of flow off the tongue from time to time. But hey, seriously, as, as Sarah's mentioning, this is the end of the episode. And hopefully you found some value in at least one of the six points that we made in this episode for helping you build your brand on a budget. And if you did find some value in this episode, do me a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button right now so we can continue to bring you these amazing episodes each and every week. And, and with that, oh, and, oh, and we have an and. If you want to choreograph a dance to our branded theme music, please do. Tag us, send it to us, whatever it is. I am so excited that this is a thing, and I think it needs to be a bigger thing. So send us a dance. 
I will make Larry recreate it. Send us that dance. I'm I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Thank you all very much for listening. Once again, I'm Larry Roberts. <laughs> I'm Sarah Lucy. We'll talk to you next week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.